On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Should we do this? Let's do it. One, two, three. Good songs have a hook you remember, but a certain type of great songs have a hook you have to sing along to. In this episode, we talk about the ones that are just irresistible. Welcome to the age-old question. I'm Rich Price. And I'm Clint Bierman. Each episode deals with another question in music fandom. The kind of questions that Clint and I have been debating since we were in college. So today, with the help of some smart people, we're going to come up with the answer. Okay, Clint, what's today's question? Today's question is, what is the best sing-along song of all time? That's the age-old question. All right, just like the last episode, this one comes from a listener recommendation. Waldron, from the podcast Their Very Best, challenged us to talk about the great sing-along songs. It's such a great topic. He recalled a time when John Denver's Country Roads came on at a family event, and three generations of the family were singing along at the top of their lungs. You said that when you were in Amman, Jordan recently, you played the song at a show, and even there, even there. in Jordan, yeah, everyone sang along to the chorus of that song. Yep, and it was the only one, the only song of all the great songs that we played that they sang along to like that. See, this, I love doing the show with you because we have so much fun, but I love in particular for this episode, there is no one on the <laughs> face of the earth who could talk with greater clarity and certainty about this topic. I am very well well suited to talk about this and I'm excited about this topic because I've spent my whole life basically in this world. Yes. <laughs> basically on some level ever since I was in high school, I was the guy with the guitar who would go to every party and at some point play a, a set as it were, although it wasn't considered a set back then, but now looking back I would play a set of sing-alongs. Of sing-alongs because Nobody wanted to hear me sing. Right. Everybody wanted to sing. Yes. Everybody wants to sing. Like get a couple beers, couple whatever's in you, and it's human nature to want to sing along. Yes. And what I've done over the course of my life is made a list of what makes a great sing-along song. Now, for this topic, I took it as this. I took it as a great sing-along that can be played with one acoustic guitar. Right? There are plenty of great sing-along songs that you can hear on the radio and sing along to, and that is definitely part of this conversation. However, the great sing-along songs of all time are the ones that can be played on one acoustic guitar, around a campfire, with a few voices, and also be played with an acoustic guitar with 150 voices and really rock. Yes. So... Should we just dive in? Let's dive in. Okay. Give me one. Okay. I'm just going to give you some rules. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give you some rules. Yeah. In order to be a great sing-along song, it has to have easy to remember lyrics, right? The chorus is a no-brainer. All the chorus lyrics have to be set. Yep. But verse lyrics, they got to be close. I would say 65% of the people got to know 
a lot of the verse lyrics, right? right? Order of verse lyrics doesn't matter. Sometimes you get the third verse where the second verse should have gone. Sure. That's not as crucial. As an example, let's talk about American Pie. Yep. American Pie is one of the great songs of all time. There's no denying that whatsoever. It's an incredible sing-along song. But I'm not sure I know anyone who could play American Pie start to finish right now with an acoustic guitar and get even 40% of the lyrics right. Because there's a lot of verses. It's just too complicated to be considered one of the greatest sing-along songs of all time, even though it's one of the greatest sing-along songs of all time. But February made me shiver With every paper I deliver But I'm saying Yes. Bad news on the door It's too complicated. Too complicated. All right, good. That's rule number one. Good. You want to hear rule number two? Yeah. It's got to be in a key that everyone can sing. Yes. Right? Because part of the deal with a sing-along is not everyone can sing. Right. But everybody wants to sing. Should everyone sing? Yes. <laughs> and no. <laughs> but mostly yes. So, Don't Stop Believing" by Journey is a great sing-along song. Don't stop believing. Hold on to that Except no one can sing it because it's so high, right? It's also bar chords. And bar chords are a no-no yes. for a sing-along, right? Because a great sing-along song needs to be able to play with open chords on a guitar so that any level of guitar player can do it. Right, right? because as a guitar player, you can play G, C, D, A, E. Yep. But then once you get into the bar chords... That sort of eliminates some percentage of guitar players. Exactly. Like the campfire guitar player. Exactly. It's pretty important to have an open chord situation if it's going to be one of the greatest sing-alongs of all time. I want to pause just for a second okay. because you mentioned Don't Stop Believing as a great song to sing along to, but not necessarily a great sing-along song. Mm -hmm. And yet, there's a video on YouTube of your band playing in Jamaica. Yes. <laughs> where... Thousands of people yes. are singing along. Yes. I want to play just a snippet <laughs> yes. of that moment <laughs> when the audience is singing along to that song. They're sun-baked. They're, you know, they've had... Wasted. <laughs> they've had a lot of pina coladas. Yeah, yeah. yards. Those yards of pina yeah. colada. And you are serving up to them in that moment exactly the right song. And it was right after the Family Guy episode. This is like 2006. Family Guy had an episode that literally brought that song back to the zeitgeist, brought it back to the consciousness of America. Yeah. It, it was gone. I mean, it was, that, it was an amazing song. It had a good run. And then it was in a Family Guy episode. And for whatever reason, that song for about five years after that was the biggest song that ever happened for some reason in the same way that like bohemian rhapsody came yeah, back after had a Wayne's moment World. it had a second moment so, so let's listen okay. to that right Okay, but I agree with you. It's got to be easy to play. Got to be easy to play. What's your next rule? It's got to have some sort of hook call and response thing that gets people excited. 
And by this, I mean... Right, right, Like a Sweet Caroline hook that everyone can get behind. Sweet Caroline's got to be high in the running for this because... We're going to talk about Sweet Caroline. We definitely will. Here's another one. And this is kind of like, this is like next level, but it's got to have a place for harmonies Mm. because many people can sing. And so they don't want to sing the melody. All all the schmoes are singing the melody. I'm going to sing the harmony. There's those people out there at these sing-alongs that really want to get into the song itself. Right. And so having a country roads, which can easily be broken into three part, you know, Right. One of my favorite phrases that, as far as I know, you created this concept of harmony. Yeah. <laughs> the harmony that you sing in the car while you're driving right. along and listening to songs, you're singing harmony. Harmony. And I think maybe my last rule is every generation has their list of great sing-along songs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so if you were born in the 40s or 50s, then your list of sing-alongs is going to be slightly different than our list of sing-alongs, which is going to include Pearl Jam or Mm -hmm. include grunge 90s, 80s, right? Versus the kids now that are going to parties and singing songs, they have their own little list of songs. And I would consider these second-tier great sing-along songs because the great sing-along songs transcend generation. They transcend... Just like we talked about Country Roads in Amman, it's it, it transcends culture. Culture. It it it's it's so ubiquitous. It's so known by everyone that those are going to be the ones that we talk about today. I love those rules for what makes a great sing along. And I want to start with Country Roads. Let's do it. The song is actually called Take Me Home, Country Roads. And it's written by your boy John Denver, of course. But it's primarily written by two other writers. See, this is blowing my mind. I had no idea about this. Bill Danoff, who wrote the classic Afternoon Delight for his band Starland Vocal Band. Huh. You know that song? I don't know if you do. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some Afternoon Delight. Oh, I do know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? You know, Anchorman, they did that. Yeah. And the other writer on Country Roads was Danoff's wife, Taffy Nivert, who was also in Starland Vocal Band. Bill and Taffy were driving along Clopper Road in Maryland, and Bill was thinking back to the country roads of his youth in western Massachusetts. Almost Heaven, West Virginia, sounded better than Almost Heaven, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. (laughs) That's all. That's it? It just sounded better. Almost heaven, West Virginia. I've always wondered why it wasn't something to do with Colorado, because John Denver, if John Denver wrote it, what's he got to do with West Virginia? It's all about the syllable, like it just feels better. Almost heaven, West Virginia. It rolls. Sounded better than almost heaven, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. But before the song was done, Bill and Taffy had plans to sell it to Johnny Cash. But John Denver heard it, and he flipped out, and he said, I've got to have this song. And he finished the song. He wrote a bridge, and the song was complete. Hmm. It came out in April 1971, and it peaked at number two in the charts. Country roads, take me home to the place. Virginia. 
getting back to your rules of like what makes a good mm-hmm. sing-along, I have a few reasons for why I think this song is such a great sing-along. You ready? Yep. One, the sentiment of coming home is universal. Anyone who's traveled anywhere knows part of the joy is in the coming home. It's also an example of a chorus that doesn't rhyme. We could have mentioned this in episode 47. What? So say the lyrics in the chorus. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia. West Virginia. Mountain, Mountain Mama, Mama take me home. Country roads. What? Not, not really a, is... a rhyme scheme, right? No. Another reason. Wait, what? One, five, six, four. Bing, 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 bing. It feels right. This is the chord progression, the chord sequence that we've talked quite a bit about on this podcast. And I realize in retrospect, it's helpful to pause and explain what we mean when we say one, five, six, four, without getting into the weeds. But Mm -hmm. these are Roman numerals. It's important to say. You don't write one, five, six, four, right? If you go to Nashville, for example, the session musicians will talk in terms, not in terms of conventional letter chords like C, G, A minor, F. They'll say one, five, six, four. Can you break it down for us? And the reason they do that is because Nashville is all about the singing. And so it's a way to change the key for the singer really easily. easily. So if, if, this person sings higher than the key of C. Let's do it in the key of F. It's still the one, five, six, four are the relative chords, the way those chords relate to each other, not based on the specific key it is. So one, five, six, four in the key of C, talk us through. So key of C, if you can imagine the piano, it's all the white keys, right? And it's it's basically. So C is your one, because that's what key you're in. One is C. If you go from C, D, E, F, G, if you go up five notes, G major is the five chord. So one, five, six is an A chord because it's C, D, E, F, G, A is six. So C, G, A minor, and there's just rules in music that the sixth chord is minor in a, in a major key. And then Four is the F, C, D, E, F. So C, G, A minor, F. It's just a way for musicians to communicate without being key specific. And as we've talked about, by the way, that was great. Thank you. Why that progression feels so good to our ears, one reason could be because it's so common. It's literally in thousands of popular songs. Let It Be by The Beatles, Beast of Burden by The Rolling Stones, No Woman, No Cry by Bob Marley, Don't Stop Believing" yes. by Journey, So Lonely by The Police, on and on and on. Or is it common because it feels so good to our ears? It turns out there's a scientific reason for the one, five, six, four progression being so common. Music is sometimes referred to as organized sound, meaning there are rules that guide music, what sounds good to our ears, rules that organize notes into the sound that is pleasing to our ears. It's actually related to sound waves. And there are notes with sound waves that line up well with each other and notes with sound waves that don't line up well. And the notes with sound waves that don't line up neatly sound dissonant 
to our ears. Okay. Right? So the one, five, six, four chord progression is the most pleasing progression in any key, in any genre, in any style, because the sound waves line up well with each other. Because of, that is so. The sound waves. Wow. They line up well with each other. Another reason this John Denver tune is so singable, I think, I think the words West Virginia and Mountain Mama I think so too. are just fun to say. Yep. West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home, country roads. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about, right? Yep. Is it fun? Yep. I don't think there's a better lyric than Mountain Mom. <laughs> it's just, it's when you're in a single, it's just so good. The other thing about this song is it's yeah. all open chords. G, D, E minor, C. There is an F in it, in the bridge. In the bridge. But that was John Denver's John doing. Denver. <laughs> <laughs> he effed it up. We asked some of our songwriter and performer friends to share what is your favorite sing-along song. Let's see what they texted us. From Peter Day, your bandmate, one of the great bass players and all-around human beings. He says, for me, there is no greater sing-along than Country Roads. Oh, I mean. He says, that's my forever number one. Forever number one. And Pete is a great sing-along guitar leader. Like he can crush the campfire scene. He's got all the hits and he can just, he knows when to throw them out, when to play them. He knows when to hold them. He knows when to fold them. He knows when to walk away. Okay, so parenthetically, so I was in Mexico last week and my dad's 80th and my nephew Jack brought a guitar and at one point Jack handed me the guitar and he's like, Uncle Rich, come on, play some songs. Two songs that we got everyone there singing. Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Nice. Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. And the gambler. Right? You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Nice. Did you get through the gambler lyrics? Because it's a story. It's a story. Right? That helps. Well, I stopped singing and my dad's like, you forgot the verse about when he dies. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. Yeah. And so, and that is, it's very poignant. Yeah. Yeah, it gets way down. It gets way quiet at that point. Somewhere in the darkness. The gambler, he he broke broke even. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. With his final words, I found an an ace ace that that I could keep. keep. You know what it is about that song? Remember, I was talking in the rules about some sort of call and response thing. You got to know when to hold. When When to hold. And people do it on the first chorus, even though it only happens once in the song. People love singing that part. So that's got to be one of the. That's got to be one of the greats. You got to know when to hold. When to hold. Know when to fold. When to fold. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. From Stephen Kellogg. Great songwriter, author, TED Talk, presenter, renaissance man. He writes, oh man, it's a great question. And there are ones that work the best. The weight. Take a load off Fanny. Take a load for free. And wagon wheel. So rock me, mama, like a 
Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. And there are ones that I just love to sing, like the Joker. Cause I'm a picker, I'm a grinner, I'm a lover, and I'm a sinner. Like a Rolling Stone. Yep. Probably I'd split the baby and go with I won't back down. Oh. Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. That was a song, right? And so I'm so glad he said that because you and I did a Tom Petty tribute night. Yep. First of all, just an awesome experience. But at one point in the show, we came into the audience with some acoustic guitars and Peter brought his upright upright bass. bass. Yep. And we sang I Won't Back Down, and the whole audience That's right. sang along. That is a great one, Stephen. Wow. I didn't have that on my list. That's a, that is a good one. It's a good one. That is a really good one. Will Evans writes, by the way, the great Will Evans, who recently welcomed a new baby, beautiful Congrats, baby, into Will. the world. Congrats to you guys. He says simply, tribute, Tenacious D. <laughs> That's so good. Josh Panda Ah. sent us this voicemail. Should we listen? Yes. Hey, Glenn Rich. Thanks for asking and thanks for having me back. In my opinion, the greatest sing-along song of all time is Lean On Me by Bill Withers. Oh, yeah. With its straight-ahead melody and positive universal message, I don't know a better song. Personally, I think it should be our national anthem. <laughs> well said. Sir. Well said. It's almost like you wrote that down. <laughs> That's amazing. You were very well spoken, sir. Very well spoken. And yes, lean on me. Didn't think about it, but yes, of course. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you. Imagine if that was our national anthem. It'd be a lot easier to sing. It would be. Our national anthem is hard. It's pretty Speaking hard. of a sing-along. Right. Like a song that literally is probably the most, the most sing-along song in our daily lives. Right. It's the equivalent of Don't Stop Believing. Right. Like it's... it's the range is... The range is quite large. Wow. I hadn't considered that either. One of the things that we hear all the time on the show is we need more Jeff Simons. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Let's call Jeff Simons. I know he's got a tight window, so maybe we can just get him to say hi and share with us what he thinks. Hey. Jeff Simons. What's up, Jeff? Hello. Hello. I know you've got just a few minutes. I was just saying to Clint, the comment that we get most regularly on this show is, for the love of God, (laughs) More Jeff Simons. <laughs> First of all, how are you? I am great. I am great. I um, had a fantastic vacation, and I'm uh, back at work paying for that vacation, but totally okay. How about you guys? We're doing great. Doing great. We're talking about the best sing-along songs. Clint was recently in Amon Jordan playing a few shows with his band, and while he was there playing a show in Jordan, they played... Take Me Home, Country Roads, and everyone in the room sang along to the song. And it, and it proved that that is an all-time great. 
the night of my wedding, you sat at the piano at the bar in the hotel and you had dozens of wedding guests around the piano and you were just, you were a human jukebox. Yes. That was fun. <laughs> People still talk about that. What are your favorite sing-along songs? Well, first of all, let's be real. But among the three of us, they're all sing-along songs. Am I right? True. Like, if you're alone in the car, I'm singing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in terms of, like, the the all-timers, like, Don't Stop Believing out here is an instant. Like, yeah. Like, you start those piano chords. And what I love is people always come in too early. Oh, yeah. Like, this, they go just a spell before the, it gets there, which is my favorite part. And then they have to re- reel it in and get it right the second time. Yeah. Um, for me personally, it's Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Whenever that comes on the radio, when I'm in the car, I go completely berserk. I do that like, whoa, <laughs> part at the top of my lungs. Like, I get to work and I'm all hoarse. People are like, you have a cold? I'm like, no, just Jeremy on the radio. <laughs> so that's a huge one for me. song from the last 10 years that uses the millennial whoop that whoa like the, all those songs are just so ridiculously catchy yeah and i can't help myself yeah and right. I, they're not even songs i like and i do feel like the sing-alongs become uh you know when you guys did that brilliant podcast about bridges and song design and the sing-along has become a thing like the right Coldplay has almost yellow is another one right yeah oh wow yeah yellow look at the stars look how they shine for you um wonderwall that's a big one yeah today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you gotta talk but i think it's like it's funny like um sing-along's part of song design now yeah the way it didn't used to be that's interesting that's interesting And I would say that the number one song I try to sing along to and fail to every time is Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. Uh-huh. Which I can't get to that note, and I really want to, and I try, and I get that... like screechy break, but that song kicks my ass every time. Mixed by our friend Andy Zula, by the way. Really? Yeah. Look at that. Stephen Kellogg texted us and said, I won't back down is oh, a, a great one. Is a yes. great sing along and it really is. That's Petty's greatest sing along, I think. Yeah. Well I won't back down. No, I won't back down. Cause it's got the like it's got the like rebel thing and it's so simple and perfect. That's a great one. But Rich, what's the number one Beatles sing along? Probably hate you. Gotta be hate you. I mean, come on. Yeah, gotta be hate you. Gotta be hate you. That's a one-second answer, unless you're six, and then it's Yellow Submarine. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. That was my first Beatles sing-along. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hold your hand. People like singing that one too. Yeah. Yeah. And twist and shout. And twist and shout. Yeah. Twist and shout's a glare. Hard to do uh, both of those at a campfire. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. All right, man. Well, thank you for joining us again on the Age Old Question. I just want to throw in a little. Um, I have some inside intel from the Middlebury reunion that the Grift brought it the way they always bring it. Oh man, it was a so, banger. 
Speaking of sing-along songs, so for our listeners, Clint's band, The Grift, has basically a running engagement at Middlebury College to do the reunion shows every year. And they're always just epic, epic nights. nights. And you've got it down to a science where you know the songs that are just, just pack the dance floor and get people singing along. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to what you said about oh, I Won't Back Down, the song of defiance. Yeah. There's something there's there. Something there. Yeah. Well, there's something yeah, therapeutic there's some about that. Catharsis there. Catharsis. Catharsis. Well, thank you for joining us, if nothing else, to make our fans happy. Yes. Thanks, Jeff. Bye-bye. See you, buddy. Those are some great suggestions from our friends and you know it was great to talk to Jeff Simons. I want to talk about one that you referenced early in this episode, Sweet Caroline. Yes. It's of course a song by Neil Diamond who released the song in May of 1969. Wow. By the late 60s, Neil was already a successful songwriter. He'd been a staff writer in the famous Brill Building right. where he wrote songs like Love is only true in fairy tales And for someone else but not for me He had 10 number one hits and he sold over 130 million records worldwide. But his most famous song has got to be Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline times never seem so he has changed his explanation of the song's inspiration over time. He said originally that it was written about Caroline Kennedy, JFK's daughter. But a few years ago, he said he wrote it about his then-wife, Marsha. But he needed an extra syllable in the song <laughs> because Marsha was only two syllables and he needed three <laughs> syllables. So Caroline worked better than Marsha. <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It's become a staple at weddings, at sporting events, and since 1997, at Fenway Park, the home of the Boston Red Sox, they play this song in the middle of the eighth inning. And after the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013, Neil performed the song himself at Fenway. Here's that performance. Today, in person, would you please welcome Mr. Neil Diamond. Thank you, Boston. The University of Pittsburgh uses Sweet Caroline at their home football games, singing Let's Go Pitt. You've played that song. I played it a few times. <laughs> and it's pretty low in the range because yes. Neil's got a quite a low voice. You yeah. can get real down here. Yeah. And it's hard to project that low on the microphone. But boy, does it hit every time. I mean, there's some songs that just never fail. Right. And that's one of them because of the call response thing. Yes. That's what makes the song. One of my favorite performances of the song was at Wembley Stadium, which is the home stadium for English football, soccer. In June 2021, during the round of 16 match, before the match between England and Germany, the 40,000 spectators broke into Sweet Caroline. (laughs) 
after the match that England won 2-0. England manager Gareth Southgate said this. I've been here with a full house and not heard it anywhere near the levels that the, the crowd found today. And the energy was, it was incredible in the stadium. So to be able to send them home feeling as they do tonight, to hear them at the end. I mean, you can't beat a bit of Sweet Caroline, can you? That's a, that's a belter, really. <laughs> nice. <laughs> One final note on the song, Clint. The backing band for Neil Diamond is the Memphis Boys a legendary session group that played on a bunch of hit songs, including Elvis's In the Ghetto. Whoa. As the snow flies On a cold and gray Chicago morning A poor little baby child is born in the ghetto And Dusty Springfield's Son of a Preacher Man. Cool. They played on all those tracks. Whoa. But it's that chorus, that hook, that call and response, as you say. Ba, ba, ba. Should we go to the comments? Oh, yeah. Let's go to the comments. We got a bunch of comments, right? I got a lot of comments. From Scott on Facebook. Hey, you guys. Stumbled across your podcast. Love it. You touched on the idea of opening bands that were better than the main event, which I experienced when I went to see UB40 at Red Rocks. Midnight Oil was the opener. Whoa. And they blew me away. Out where the river broke. The bloodwood and the desert oak holding wrecks. UB40 were still amazing, but I left thinking how much more interesting Midnight Oil was live. The time has come to save the To pay the rent. To pay our share. And you gave me three ideas to present to you for future podcast episodes. Here they are. What bands have only male followers oh. and why? That's a good one. And which have only female <laughs> listeners right. and why? Right. Next idea. What bands completely changed your perception of them after you saw them live? Ooh. And third idea. What makes some decide to form a band and others decide, like myself, to remain a player who prefers to jam with friends? Thanks, Scott. That's interesting. Why are some people moved to start a band and others just want to jam with friends? I imagine it's right place at right time. Right. I wonder how many super popular bands that we know have members that were just in the right place at the right time. Oh, yeah. And had to learn an instrument. You know, like no one was playing bass, so they had to pick up the bass and play. I mean, Paul. Paul, for one, yeah. Paul was not the bass player. Right. They're like, who's going to play the bass? And Paul's like, all right. Paul didn't want to because, as he said, the bass player was like the fat bloke. When we started off, we we all had guitars. I actually ended up sort of getting lumbered with bass because our bass player left. People, certain people since have sort of said, oh, I pushed him out to get the prize position as bass player. Bass player was a lousy position in a group. It was the fat boys that played bass. 
We try really hard sometimes, Clint. Oh no, did we? We try all oh, the time. Oh man. But sometimes we are Oh no. Boneheads. Rich and Clint What do we do this time, Rich? This edition of Boneheads is about what we missed when we were discussing the greatest whistling of all time. The first one is from my mother. Oh, nice. Who was aghast <gasps> that we failed to mention whistle while you work. Now you wash the dishes. <laughs> That's, yeah. Which is, when you think about it, you yeah. the when you think of whistling, yeah. and yes, the whistle while you work. Yeah. Just whistle while you work. Right? Which got me interested in looking into that song. Of course, it's from the 1937 animated Disney film Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. The music was written by Frank Churchill with lyrics by Larry Morey. These two were responsible for most of the music in that golden era of Disney animation. Frank Churchill wrote most of the music for Dumbo, Bambi, Peter Pan, on and on and on. Churchill died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound while sitting at the piano in May 1942, reportedly after he'd received some devastating feedback from Walt Disney regarding his latest score for Bambi. What? Which makes Bambi even sadder. Whoa. While we're on the topic of whistling, the episode also surfaced something in my household that my son Wesley, who's 11, doesn't know how to whistle. Mm. And he's frustrated because he keeps asking me to help him learn how to whistle. And I, how do you, I'm like, put your lips together and blow. Yeah, how do you? So any listeners out there have tips on how to teach an 11 year old how to whistle. Another comment about what we missed from the whistling episode. This is from Allie on Instagram. You mean to tell me you did an entire episode about whistling and you didn't talk about LP? So I wrote her back and said, what's LP? (laughs) (laughs) And she says, she's an alternative artist. Her biggest song is probably Lost On You. Which is an amazing song. Do you know that one? Yeah. Okay, so this yeah. is... I didn't know that song. LP, we covered that song with Panda. When you get older, plain or saner, will you remember all the danger we came from? Here's another comment from Wentworth and Sons Guitars. Great episode. Two omissions jump to mind. First, The Stranger by Billy Joel has a great whistling part. Yes, it does. Apparently he had to stop playing it live because his band would always try to make him laugh while he was doing the whistling. (laughs) That's good. Second, and far more obscure and impressive, is Ron McCorby. My dad somehow had an old record of this. Thanks for the great pod. Keep him coming. Okay. 
from Dave on Facebook. Another Mondegreen was listening to the Whistling episode today, and these Mondegreens are everywhere. I never knew Axel was singing Sad Woman, Take It Slow. Always thought it was Sad Woman, Take It Slow. Sad Woman, Take It Slow. It'll work itself out fine. Yeah, I think I did too. Sad Woman. It's said. Woman, take it slow. Like I said, comma, yeah. woman, take it slow. Oh, wow. Huh. Mondegreen. Well, is that a Mondegreen? I guess that's a Mondegreen. That's just a... Yeah, yeah. that's a Mondegreen. Yeah. And our good friend Pete Nilsson oh, yeah. has some comments as well. Let's check this out. The first one is from the Best Workout Songs. Quint, it's Pete. Uh, I'm on a long drive from Indiana back to Massachusetts to visit home, and... Catching up on my podcasts, and I just listened to the age-old question episode on the greatest workout songs. I have four reflections on it that I want to share. One, selections from a Gen X perspective. Can't believe that you didn't include CMC Music Factory. Gonna make you sweat. That's a, a mainstay for my. Uh, high school years, also Van Halen right now. Um, both of those songs just you know, got me fired up. But also something about both of those songs is the chord progressions. They're in the minor key, and then they use 671 or 17671, something like that, which is interesting. You've got CNC Music Factory, bum, 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 and right now has got that opening motif, which I'm going to come back to in a minute on the piano, but then dun, 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 which is also just like Eye of the Tiger, which is also just like Eminem, Lose Yourself, which is also really similar to the Alan Parsons Project, which goes down to the major six, I think, just listening to it, um, though it changes a little bit after that. So thinking about chord progressions in pump-up songs, think about that one, seven, six, seven, one. Uh, all in that minor key is a seems like it's a common refrain. Oh, God. oh wow! Second one is from our songs with wordless chorus episode. I love these podcasts; they're so great. This one's about the wordless chorus. Is one. You know, I heard a professor in New York City give a lecture once about Hey Jude and Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. And in it, he describes Hey Jude's movement into the na-na-na chorus and Paul's ecstatic sort of scatting improvisation that happens over it. That movement to wordlessness is the movement to the ecstatic, is the movement to what is beyond capabilities of being expressed in words, to being expressed through ecstasy, and ecstasy being expressed in gibberish, like speaking in tongues, this expression of exultant, uh, of, of what is beyond our capacity to contain in words, in words which are in fact themselves just representations of the world. Words, lyrics that are just symbols and meanings of our understanding. Words have no meaning in themselves except in the meaning that we apply to them. And so 
therefore, anything that is communication through language is an intellectual exercise. But communication through wordless syllables, through wordless sounds, is communication through feeling itself, through the ecstatic. Those are great. Those are great. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for checking out the podcast, Pete. We appreciate you. He did a deep dive. I love this. I heard three days ago from someone who'd just done a five-hour drive, listened to age-old <laughs> question the whole way. We love hearing from listeners. Keep the comments coming. Yeah, because absolutely. Because we absolutely love to hear from you. And the, the suggestions for the episodes are glorious. Keep those coming as well. I have one more nominee for greatest sing-along. Hit me. Piano Man by Billy Joel. One of the things I find fascinating about this song is that it was his first single. Wow. You think Billy Joel, you think Piano Man. Out of the gates. Right. In a career that spanned 50 years, it's still his signature song. We all know the song is sung from the perspective of a piano player at a bar, and it's inspired by his own experience playing in lounges in L.A. before he was famous. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday A regular crowd shuffles in There's an old man sitting next to me Making love to his tonic and gin so in 1971, he puts out his first album, Cold Spring Harbor, but the album performs miserably, and he flees New York to Los Angeles to change his luck. Starting in 1972, he spends six months as the piano lounge singer at a bar on Wilshire Boulevard in LA, and the characters described in the song come directly from that experience. Wow. Here he is on Inside the Actor's Studio, Talking about. It always amazes me how popular that song is. See, it's musically the same melody over and over and over again. I just jump an octave. You've said you don't like the melody very much. I don't think it's that great a melody. It's 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 enough. It's a good enough sing-along melody. Mm-hmm. And, you know that if, if I go to a pub in England, people ah oh, Billy, give us a song. Come on, let the piano man. Billy, come on. And I'm saying, as this old girl, the piano man. And nobody knows the words. Already So I do it. But, and then there's that little release part, la da 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 da, which everybody knows the words to. Right. And, the, the, and the lyric, it tells a good story. I, I'll give you that. It tells a good story. But it's, it's not really a, a lyric as much as a limerick. John at the bar is a friend of mine. He gets him my drinks for free. He's quick with the joke that'll light up your smoke with the summer city, he'd rather be. I'll show you what happens. I walk into a place and there's a piano bar guy. He sees me. What does he do? He starts playing piano man. Okay, Now, even if he's never played the song before, it's pretty easy to figure out. It doesn't hit the guy until he's into the song for a bit. It doesn't go anywhere. He, he goes... Thank God, there's that little release part. 
And then it starts to hit him. And about that time, our eyes meet, and I went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's yeah. a limerick. Yeah. I love that interview. Again, it's just fun. Now, yeah. let's go back to the rules for a second. Yes. The thing about Piano Man is it's hard to get those lyrics right. Right. It's real hard to get those verses right. So it's really, it's the turnarounds. It's the... La, 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 la. And everybody knows it, it's just no one can lead it. Sing us a song, you're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. Well, we're all in the it's a belter for it's sure. It's a belter, yeah, it's a belter for sure. Alright, I'm gonna go through a couple. Here's my list. The Joker by Steve Miller Band. Great one. Yeah. All of these great sing-along songs are older, except for one I found new, relatively new, in the past 15 years, I would say. Mr. Brightside by The Killers. We talked about Wonderwall. Wonderwall has to be in the running because all open chords really ergonomically fun to play on the guitar. Right. Because two fingers just stay the same the whole time. And two of my fingers are just staying. These are in every chord. And anyone can play that song. Also, it's a belter. It's a screamer. And all the roads we have to walk are winding. And there's something fun, too, because Liam Gallagher sings with such a distinct uh, English yeah, accent. Yeah, right. You almost, like, have that's, fun singing along, yeah. it, almost in the English accent. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You're right. Because maybe you're gonna be the one that saves me. How about free falling? Ah, oh. free falling is a great one. The verses again, it's it's hard to get the verses exactly right because they're similar. They're similar, and Wait. there's no story. Tom Petty does that to you. Yeah, he does. But the chords, like this, is the first song people learn on the guitar. Yeah. Oh, it's. I mean, that sounds exactly. But I'm free. I can't even sing that note full voice. That is way up there. And you're right. We play normally play. Normally you play it, which is like a, that's like a realistic key to play it in. So if you're at the campfire, you're definitely playing it in D. She's a good girl. Loves your mama. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a great sing along song right there. God, playing it in F. That's right. That's no joke. Agressivo. Agressivo. <laughs> Uh, the only other one I was thinking is maybe 500 Miles by the Proclaimers. Oh, yeah. People love to sing that song, too. But I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more. But like Jeff was saying, they, they screw it up. You know, they, they yeah. go to the thing too early or this yeah. or that or that. But 
The other thing that I wanted to mention, I think I mentioned it before, but there is a list of great sing-along songs that are harmony-based sing-alongs. And one of them is a Rich Price classic, Moving in Slow Motion, is like a campfire sing-along, one acoustic guitar, three-part harmony gem. Is that one five six? It's four? one five six four, and it's G, so yeah. it's all open chords. Yeah, it fits all the things. Second and third verse are the same, right. which helps. Cool little bridge, Grandma's diamond ring. Right. I mean, that's a nice little touch. Everybody sings along to that thing. So well, that I, I put that higher in the running for greatest sing along of all time. Moving in slow motion, baby. Still out moving. Well. I, I do like to sing along to that song with other people. Yeah. Like they're having that communal yeah. experience of singing that song. Yeah. Well, and of course, you wrote a song called Oxygen. Yep. That's which a good sing along part. At least at Middlebury College, yeah. became like an iconic. And that was the thing where it had the one line I got to move on. Right? I got to move on. I got to move on. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's almost the ba 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 concept of yeah. where you get right. the crowd to sing that piece. And there's a call and response. Yes, you've got both of the same. And what are the chords there? Key A. Too many chords, though. Too many notes. Too many chords. I was too complex back then. Interesting. Thought too much. Yeah. I used to think it had to be hard to be good. You know, I talked about this with someone recently that apparently Bruce Lee talked about when you're first starting out, a punch is just a punch. And then you start studying and, and a punch is like, well, you know, this speed and this distance and you start like analyzing it and becoming very scientific about it. And then when you become a master, it's just a punch. Huh. Huh. I loved the corollary to music that when you're learning, you're just, you're playing chords. And then you come across people that they're in the journey of becoming good and they're playing too many notes. Mm -hmm. And then you come across someone like you where some of my very favorite solos of yours are the ones where actually you're playing very little, very little. Yeah. And that's the master where it's just become a punch again. That's so, that's Bruce Lee, huh? Yeah. That's yeah. There's a very strong corollary there. Yeah. All right. So wait, let's go back and pick it. Yeah. Let's do it. What's the greatest sing-along song of all time? For me, it's The Gambler. I'm going to go with Pete Day on this, Country Roads. But those are both in the key of G. We don't always do it, but today I think we really brought it. I think we did. I think we did it. And you know what? We hope you had fun, as much fun as we did. And we hope you'll... Wait, what is it? (laughs) We're not getting rid of this. And we hope you'll join us next time when we answer another age-old question. Follow us on Instagram at The Age Old Question. Facebook, The Age Old Question. We hope this conversation has sparked some ideas and thoughts of your own. Let us know in the comments. But let's be kind, people. Yeah. No hating. No hating. Also, if you're digging the podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash theageoldquestion and consider becoming a part of our Age Old Question family. With your support, we'll be able to answer many more age-old questions. Thanks.
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.